But it's good to be with you this morning. Um, it, I mean, it's just a good day today, isn't it? I'm excited about Fall Fest tonight. I'm excited about worship, worshiping together and coming together. And, and today we're going to um, wrap up our Vices and Virtues series um, that we've been talking about. And, and so just real quickly, what we've talked about thus far in our Vices and Virtues series, the first week we talked about the vices and talked about the fact that we are called to be godly, that we are called to live in the divine nature um, 2 Peter chapter 1 says you have everything you need to live a godly life, to be holy. We are not called to stay in our vices. You, I'm going to do this a lot because I've been doing this this whole series. I do this a lot, don't I? The vices over here and the virtues over here and what we're called to. And so we're not called to continue to live in our vices, but we're, continued to, we're called to continue to grow in our virtues. So that was the second week that we grow in our virtues. And, and the goal is that we will become Christ-like, that we will become holy like Jesus, that as we grow, as we come here each week, as we pray every day, we're growing to become more like Jesus, to be holy. And, and so Peter's primary purpose in writing this text is to call the people of the church to be to a maturing life of faith that will lead them to holiness. That's what we've been talking about. But you guys know this, and I know this. It's not easy to continue to grow, is it? It's not, in fact, listen, I, I'm not gonna read you the whole book of 2 Peter today. It's not that long. But I would challenge you to go home and read it because what we're going to talk about today is the fact that, that Peter knew that the people were going to struggle with this journey to, be, to Christ-likeness and to godliness. And so if you read through the scripture, we're going to read some of them today, and, and I think it's amazing. Peter's trying to say, hey, church, you are called to be holy. You are called to get past the vices, to grow in your virtues, and to become like Jesus. The truth of the matter is a lot of us maybe have gone to church for a long time, and a lot of us have had moments of, of, of great spiritual awakening or, or where God did something in our lives, but I would, I'm, I'm just willing to bet that all of us struggle with getting off track every once in a while, don't we? Do you struggle with getting off track every once in a while? Last week, I admitted that I struggled and that I wasn't I had messed up and just wasn't doing a great job being a good husband to my wife. And so I, I talked about that, that I had gotten off track a little bit. We, we are good at getting off track. And, and so Peter knew that this was going to happen. In fact, think about this. Peter, and there's some dispute. Most people believe Peter wrote this text. It says that Peter wrote this text. Peter, of all people, knew that we would struggle and get off track because guess what? He was the king of it. He was great one minute, and he struggled the next. Hey, call me out of the boat. I'll walk on water. I'm walking. No, it's not happening. I, I doubt. I sink, right? And so, so Peter knew this, and so, so he's talking to us. So 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, I want to start here. It says this. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, for if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we see this phrase pop up again. It was in our text last week. It says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort. Make every effort. That's important. 
It's the call to godliness and holiness is not a call to make an adequate effort. You know, just do what you can. No, it's make every effort. It's not, hey, here's a list of things you do, do it. It's make every effort you possibly can to confirm your calling and to be like Jesus. The last text, the, last, the thing we talked about last week was it said make every effort to grow in your virtues, to grow in these things. And then this one says make every effort to confirm your calling. Make every effort. We need to get that in our head today that we are called to make every effort. Moving on, it's followed by this. I love this. Listen to this. I've got some stuff underlined in here because I want you to get the feeling of what Peter's saying here. It says in verse 12, So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. He says, I'm going to remind you. I think it is right to refresh your memory, as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Are you getting the picture here? Hey, remember this. I'm going to remind you of this. You know it. You're established in it. But I'm going to refresh your memory. I'm going to make every effort I can to remind you that you are called to be holy. Do you get the picture that Peter thinks we're going to struggle to remember and walk that journey that we need to walk? I love it when Scripture becomes really real and personal. And, and this becomes really real and personal because I'm sure this happens in your household but this reminds me, Peter's little thing in verses 12 to 15 remind me of something that happens on a regular basis in my household. It's when Megan puts a load of, of clothes in the washer, and she's going to go to bed, and she says, hey, can you change the clothes over before you go to bed? Maybe even fold them, you know, bonus. Make every effort, not just the bare minimum, but make, you can, but I need you to change the clothes over, and get, yeah, cool, I'm watching football, yeah, sure, whatever. Five minutes later, hey, just want to remind you that those clothes are in the dryer and that they need to go into the washer. Remember that? Yeah, I got it. Football, cool, yeah. Yep, uh-huh. And then, hey, I, I, I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. Don't forget about the clothes. Did you hear this in the text? As long as I'm in the tent that is my body, I'm going to remind you, because at one point I won't be Peter saying, listen, I'm not going to be here forever, but I'm going to bed. Just want to remind you, what I got it. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Have any of you ever been there? This happens all the time in my house. And, and don't forget. Don't mess this up. And sometimes I'm like, you've told me 10 times. Why are you telling me again? Help me out with this. Why does she remind me over and over again? Because I still forget 50% of the time. I still do. It's true. And so you get the picture of the reason. Why is Peter being so um, repetitive and saying, I'm going to remind you, I'm going to refresh you, you need to do this, you need to do this. Why? Because he knew that we were going to struggle. Because he knew that sometimes we forget. Why does Megan keep telling me because she knows that I'm going to forget. And I do way too often. I'm sorry. 
Peter goes to great lengths to remind us of our calling because we are, listen, to, I, I said this on purpose, because we are incredibly gifted at getting thrown off track, right? You know this, I know this. In fact, we joke about it in the office, Pastor Deb and I, we can't remember anything anything that's going on. So we'll have a conversation on Monday or Tuesday, and on Thursday we'll talk, and, I'll, and, and we'll say something, and I'll say, didn't we say this? I don't know. Did we say? Between the two of us, we try to remember some of what we talk about or what's talked about. We're, we're, we're incredibly gifted at getting thrown off track. So I just want to talk real quick. Why, why do we get thrown off track? Why do we forget things? Why, if we know, if we're firmly established and we know what we're called to be, what, what gets us thrown off track? Number one, I think it's that we are naturally not inclined to holiness. We have a human nature that is not, it, it, the truth is, we are not naturally inclined to live that calling. We have this nature inside us that's selfish. And so I've thought about this. Have you ever tried to learn a new route when you've taken the same route for 10 years and you try to learn a new route and, and you just can't, you, you naturally want to take the same turns that you've always taken and you have to, you have to remind yourself over and over, don't, don't turn here, keep going. Our natural inclination is to be selfish and, and to do what we want to do. And so we have a, a good moment of worship, but then, but, but then we come out of it, and if we're not careful to remind ourselves, we will default to our nature, to what, what we do. And so our, we're not naturally inclined. Number two, I think external pressures are huge in this. You can come to church, you can have a great Sunday, you can have great worship, you can just, you can be on fire, and, and what happens after church? You get in your car, and you drive in traffic, and maybe somebody cuts you off. You get home, or if you're me, before you get in traffic, the kids come into the sanctuary, and then the kids are running all over, and it's like, I can't keep track of my kids. What's going on? There's too many of them. And then I get into traffic, and, and then I get home, and there's football on, and then there's all these distractions in our lives. The truth is, it's hard it's hard to continue our journey to holiness because there's a lot of stuff in our lives that sidetrack us. So I just want to prove this to you. I want to have some fun. Our kids are in here. Welcome, kids. Um, and so I want to have some fun, and I want to play a little game. So I think Avery Polka is going to come up and help me out. Is that true, Avery? Come on up here. Give Avery a hand. Okay, so I've got a simple game here. Okay, Avery, do you know what you're about to do? Okay, let me tell you what you're about to do. Avery's job is to remember four numbers that I'm going to give her, okay? We're going to do this two times, okay? So that's pretty simple, right? 30 seconds. She needs to remember these numbers for 30 seconds, okay? So the problem is I've got some other people that are going to come up and help me, Pastor Emily and some others. If you're coming up to help Pastor Emily, come on up. So you've got to remember these numbers for 30 seconds. Can someone, does anyone have their, their phone out? Don't lie. Someone, okay, Ricky, <laughs> give me a 30-second clock, okay? You've got the clock. Can you do it? 30 seconds, four numbers? Maybe? Okay, you're looking so confident up here. 
All right, we're going to give them a second because they're getting ready. Don't look over there. Don't look over there. Don't look. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and, and give you your numbers. Are you ready? Your numbers are three, six, four, seven. Are we ready? Start the time. Go. You guys are kind of making a mess. I have to stand here, you know. Like, I'm going to be crushing Smarties this whole time. <laughs> yeah, 30 seconds. How are we doing? How much time do we have left? Time, okay. Oh, my, oh my word. We should have picked someone else. She's too smart. Okay, well, that kind of ruins my whole thing. Thanks. Um, <laughs> that was very good. You guys did not do a good enough job messing her up, all right? So, so I'm going to give you another number, and I think this will be a little bit easier. We're going to do it again, even though you got it right the first time and ruined the whole thing. Thanks a lot. Um, we're going to do it again. So I'm going to give you four more numbers. They're going to try to distract you again, but I'm going to help you as much as I can. Ready? You're, you got the timer? Two, five, one, eight. Ready? Go. Avery. 2518. Look at the screen. Do you see it on the screen? 2518. Look behind you. Huge 2518. The number is 2518. Don't forget 2518. Look at the screen. It's right up there. Don't let them bother you. 2518. 2518. How are we doing on time? 2518. Do you see it on the screen? Look at it one more time. 25. Don't do that. That's cheating. Two, five, time, okay, all right, what are the numbers? Two, five, one, eight, she got it. Very good. Thank you, Avery, thank you guys for distracting. So I kind of thought that she wouldn't remember the first one. I kinda, good job, Avery, you're too smart for this. So, so you can see how we can be distracted. It's okay, we'll leave these, I'll try not to step on them, we'll get them later, it's all right. Or you can have any that you grab, that's fine too. Um, <clears throat> except you, Eli, don't eat them. <clears throat> So, so this is what life is like, isn't it? isn't it? Isn't it like we have a task to be godly, and we come to church, and, or, or we have a time of devotion, and, and we're praying, and we're connected, and we, we know where we're going, but how many of you feel like your life is like that little thing right there where everything is coming at you, and people are poking you, and throwing candy on you, and feathers? How many of you feel like that's life? I mean, even like an hour from when we get done today, I'm going to guess that you will have hundreds of distractions. And so one of the things that keeps us from remembering, one of the things that keeps us from staying focused is that we just got a lot going on. You've got work pressure. You've got TV commercials. You've got media coming in. You've got, you've got all of these things. You've got friends that tell you things. And, and honestly, I, I think it's a problem for us that, that we know that we have to be godly, but there are a lot of things in our life that distract us from godliness. And so we forget. The third thing is this, and this is big in 2 Peter, false teaching or false leading. Now, we don't talk a lot about false teachers in the church anymore, but, but in this time, Peter was saying, there are some false teachers that have infiltrated the church and are telling you things that are getting you off track from being who you need to be. Do we have false teaching in our world, in our lives today? 
We do. We do. I just, some of it is, is Christian false teaching. I was just, I named a few things. I, um, I thought about the prosperity gospel, this idea that if you just, if you just do what you need to do, God's going to make you rich and give you all your wildest desires and your life's going to be perfect. That's false teaching. That's false teaching. You will have struggles. I thought, about, I thought about accepted sin. There, there are people that will tell you that your vices are totally okay and you can live in them and you don't have to get past them and you don't have to be holy because you can just be whoever you are and God loves you. With that comes, comes the, the false teaching of universalism that at the, in the end, God's just going to give us all a free pass so it doesn't matter what you do. That's false teaching. There's selfish Christianity there. This is huge in our day. A consumeristic Christianity that says you have to be in the perfect place in order to connect with God. You have to get your needs met in order to connect with God. That's, no, we are called to make every effort. That's just the Christian false teachings. Then there's what you see on TV every day. Then there's the political ads. Then there's the commercials that are, that are trying to tell you who you have to be and what you have to do. There are false teachings all around us. They're distractions. They keep us from being focused on who we need to be. And if you're anything like me, if you're anything like me, it's very easy to get sidetracked. And in Peter, in 2 Peter, Peter is saying this. If you look in, in chapter 1, he says, I know this firsthand. I was an eyewitness to Jesus. Of all the people to tell us this, Peter says, I'm not, I'm not making this up. I saw Jesus. I saw Jesus at work. I saw what God is doing. And he says, I can tell you, have you ever had some information that you knew was true and you were trying to convince someone else, but they just weren't getting it and you were like, come on, listen to me. We played this game on, on, our, on our trip with the staff and the whole point of the game was to try to convince people that you were one thing or the other and, and sometimes you would know who someone was but they were doing their best to convince everyone of something else. And I would say, come on, listen to me. I know who they are. I've seen their card. And everyone, they're confused because there's, there's distractions. No, come on, just listen to me. Look at me, just like I did with, with Avery here. Look at me, 2518, it's easy. Look at me. This happens. <laughs> this happens. And Peter's saying, hey, I was with Jesus, I saw Jesus. This is real stuff. God is God. And God calls you to be holy. And, and one day, a judgment's going to come. We talked about that the first week. One day, there will be judgment. And if we aren't living a holy life, we're going to miss the eternal inheritance, the rich kingdom that we are invited into. We're going to miss it. And so he's saying, don't get distracted. Don't let all of this stuff pull you away from the truth. In chapter 2, he talks a lot about false teachers. And I'm not even going to read any of that. But we go into chapter 3, and he says, you know what? In the end, there are going to be people who scoff at you. And they're going to say, hey, you, you think that God's coming, but God hasn't come. And how long has it been? And I don't see any God coming. I don't see God showing up. Look at us. We're doing fine, right? And there are these scoffers. He says, but listen, the truth is 
that God is God. And there is an eternal kingdom, an eternal inheritance. And judgment is coming. And you are called to be holy. And so Peter is like Megan in all this, saying, hey, don't forget about the clothes. He's like me, saying, don't miss it. Don't, don't forget about the number. Don't get sidetracked. Peter addresses it in chapter 3, and he, he says, listen, there are going to be scoffers, but, but God is God. 2 Peter 3, verses 8 through 9 says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord... A day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some of us understand slowness. Instead, listen to this, this is great news. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Now, don't don't twist that into universalism. Not wanting everyone to get a free ride, but wanting everyone to come to repentance. The good news is this. God loves you. There is a judgment coming, but God loves you. And God wants you, wants you to live a holy and godly life and experience the welcome into the eternal kingdom, into your inheritance. That's the good news today. God's desire is that all of us would experience his love and be holy. So you're not alone in this. It's not just, hey, get from there to there, do it, you're good. But God is your coach. God wants you to be holy and to gain the reward. God doesn't want you to miss it. And so it says, those scoffers that say, you you don't get, the things that distract us and say, no, you know, don't worry about that. No, God's not, God's not worried about that. Listen, there is a judgment. It is coming. We are called to be holy. If we are not holy, if we are not making every effort, we will miss God's best for us, God's God's rich kingdom that we're invited into. But God wants us. It says God's slowness, any perceived difference, any time you feel like God's not at work in your life, I want you to understand that a day for you, I, I mean a thousand years is like a day for God. Listen to that. God is, God is at work always. We can, see our limited, we can see our limited viewpoint. But God loves you. And God is patient. And God's desire is for you to be holy. But then verse 10, once again, gives the truth. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. In other words, it, we can't figure out when this judgment is coming. We can't figure out... When, when God is coming, we can't figure out when this judgment's going to be because then we could figure, you know, we could, we could try to plan it all ourselves. One day, one day, and we won't know when, God is coming again. Jesus is coming back, and there will be a judgment. The good news, God's desire is that all of us, all of us would be holy and Christ-like. And so God is there with us saying, Come on, come on. That's why Peter has so much urgency in his writing. He's saying, come on, don't miss it. I've seen God at work. I've seen Jesus. Jesus is, Jesus is what we need. I've seen Jesus feed 5,000. I've seen Jesus walk on water. I've seen these things. Don't miss it. God will come again. And we can't miss it. 
And so then he moves on in chapter 3 and he gives us three Three instructions. So we're seeing once again Peter and, and the kind of nagging or reminding effect in, in chapter 3. So verse 11 says this. Since that judgment is coming, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward, as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. So because God is coming again, because there will be this judgment... What should you do? You should be holy. You should do your best, make every effort to be holy. Then, then in verse 13 it says, But in keeping with his promises, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. And so then in verse 14 it says, So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless and blameless and at peace with him. Once again, Make every effort. Are you hearing this? Come on. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. You're called. Don't miss it. Don't get distracted. You're called. Then again in verse 17 it says, Therefore, dear friends, since you've been forewarned, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of the lawless and fall away from your secure position. Once again, don't miss it. Don't trade God's kingdom and God's holiness. For distractions, for feathers and candy. <laughs> it's true. It seems silly. But the things that pull us away from God's holiness are the equivalent of this stuff. It's not what you really want. What you really want is God's kingdom and God's righteousness and God's presence in your life. And so he gives three more challenges. Clearly, Peter is trying to pound this into his readers. Don't forget Remember, uh, there was a daycare training event for the teachers this week, and they said that if you want a child to learn something, you have to tell it to them 30 to 300 times. That's how many times it takes for a child to grasp something. How many of you think that's low? <laughs> yeah, those, those are the ones that have children at home right now. Yeah. It used to be that you had to hear something 17 times or repeat something 17 times to memorize it. In, in marketing, there's the rule of seven, which is that people have to see your product and hear the message seven times at least before they're going to commit to do anything. Because we, as people, struggle to remember and to stay focused. And so Peter says, remember Remember, and then in verse 18, he says this, and this is the challenge that, that's all of it about, about vices and virtues. This is what we're talking about. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. We are called to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ every single day. This is a daily thing. Earlier in chapter 1, he said, you already know this, you're already established in this, but don't forget, we are called daily to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Daily. Last week, we talked about the six things that help us learn to grow. I'm going to put them up there again. They're worshiping together. Their one-on-one -on -one time with God, their group life and accountability, their serving others, their giving to others, their sharing your faith. These are the things that we can do daily to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And you saw this at work last week. 
Because I came into worship and I confessed to you last week that I hadn't been the best husband that I could have been and I hadn't made every effort. And here's the thing, when I'm messed up, you know what I hate to do? I hate to have to come in and worship. I I don't hate worship. You didn't just hear your pastor say he hates worship. But when I'm in the wrong place, the last place I want to be is in God's presence. Because I know that I cannot be in God's presence without being convicted of what's wrong in my life. And so, grow in the grace and knowledge. I came in last week and I couldn't worship without confessing and understanding that I had missed the mark. And so you saw it at work. It was, it was a reminder. It was 2518. Don't forget it. If we do these things, these six things, daily, hourly, all the time, we will grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when you leave here, there's going to be hundreds of distractions. You're going to get cut off in traffic. You're going to watch TV shows that tell you something other than God wants you to be holy. You're going to hear from friends and they're going, to, they're going to say things to you that don't lead you to God's holiness. There are plenty of distractions. And the truth is, we're not going to be able to get rid of those distractions. You know what we need to do? We need to focus on Jesus. We need to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus that you will be the best worker that you can possibly be. If you're focused on Jesus, if you're growing spiritually, you will be the best husband or wife or father or mother or grandparent that you can be if you will grow daily in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so Peter says, don't miss it. Don't get thrown off track, but make every effort. Not a suit. Don't, don't say, God, what do I need to do to get there? Make every effort effort. If you're not making every effort, you're falling away. Make every effort. And so those six things, can you pop those up there again? I'm sorry, I'm going out of order here. Those six things, worshiping together. Listen, that's no small thing. Be here consistently and worship together because when you come here, you're focusing, you're hearing the Word of God, you're worshiping And your heart will be tuned. Spend one-on-one time with God. This isn't enough. Spend one-on-one time. Read scripture. Worship. Pray. Because when you're doing that, guess what you're doing? You're keeping your mind focused on Jesus. Have people holding you accountable. Because they'll point you to Jesus. Serve others. Because when you serve, you're participating in the divine nature. And you're looking towards Jesus. Give. Because giving counteracts our selfishness and teaches us that we can be holy and Christ-like. Share your faith. Because when you do these things, they'll keep you focused on Jesus. To close the service, we're going to do something we do quite a bit. And it's important that we do it quite a bit. We're going to take communion together. In, in Luke 22, as, as Jesus is meeting at the, at the table in the Last Supper with his disciples... He says, some of the words that are in this text that we're going to hear in a little bit, he says, do this in remembrance of me. Do you think that was just Jesus being insecure and wanting to be? No. This is Jesus knowing his disciples. He's sitting there with Peter. 
He knows Peter. He knows they're going to struggle. He knows it's hard to live the godly and holy life. And so he says, do this, participate in this communion meal in remembrance of me. That's not some whimsical, hey, please remember me. This is keep yourself focused. And so today, as the ushers are coming, ushers, can you come down here, please? And as we pass out the elements, I want you to understand that as we focus on the body and the blood of Jesus that was given, that was spilt, that was broken for you, this is one more reminder that we are called to be godly and holy and live and participate in the divine nature. So as you take those elements, I just want you to think about, I want you to pray about God. God, call me to be holy. Remind me to be holy. Make me like you.